Graffiti, as the name itself, is not an odd. Put your mark on society in, uh, in uh, doing something in society. I've screwed it up a little bit, but nevertheless, you got the message. You got the message. Baba from Los Angeles, 55 years old, member of United Artists from New York City, second to none, L.A., KSN, L.A., and founder of MSK. I started doing graph in 1982 when I was 15, long before any of this shit happened. Respect, man. And if anybody is worth, you know, their grain and salt, man, they, they know who the fuck you are. Well, hopefully. Hopefully, I don't look the same as last time I was in movies. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that, man. I was like, damn, old boy is like, yeah, that hair and shit, man. Like, you well, guys was had like, it. Everybody in STN had, had, like, this one haircut that, like, a year later got called, called a mullet. And we were just, nip. like, even, it wasn't even just STN. It was mostly a lot of the writers back then all had the same haircut. At least I wasn't wearing a little turtleneck. Like some of these guys. <laughs> yeah, that was the breakdance culture was turtlenecks. Yeah, little turtlenecks. Like, they're not the big fucking studious uh, Princeton ones, but the little tiny ones. Yeah, I never wore one. Oh, sick. You got an Edgar Allan Poe and shit right here? Yeah. Dope. Dope. Everywhere. Yeah. What's the significance to, to that? Well, when I was a kid, my mom and my dad were both artists, and they were both, like, bohemian-ish. My dad did all sorts of illegal shit, but he was also a bass player in a band, and my mom was the band manager and worked in nightclubs. So when most kids got, like, uh, Mother Goose stories or Disney stories for bedtime stories, we got uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Whoa. Did that and that so, shape I mean, that sh- that must have shaped how you thought about things. Yeah, yeah, completely. It completely did. It was, but it was cool because that's how I grew up. Sick. A little darker. For those that don't know you, I wanted to kind of touch up on your lineage and who you re- who you are and where you're from. That way, people know what's up. Um, could you please explain your your lineage? Yeah. Well, I was in. You know, I got into graffiti like anybody else. Just I'm I'm half Mexican, so we were tagging on the wall when we were kids and doing gang shit. Even though we weren't in gangs, we were like ten years old writing gang shit on the wall because that's what you did. And then um, in '82, I saw one of Andy's piece. I'm I'm sorry, Zephyr. His real name's Andy. I saw one of Zephyr's pieces, and I was just blown away. So like Zephyr inspired me to write I, I just wanted to be like that big silver and black zephyr piece and you know 1982 doing a silver and black was unheard of let alone zephyr even being in in la he was he was here on a tour with Dondi and everybody else to go to santa barbara to a college to do this graffiti thing and he happened to stop in la rest is history that was pre-style wars No, I think it was, well, you got to remember every movie isn't made when it was released. So Star Wars has a 
I think that was like 80 to 81, maybe some 82, but Zephyr was already a fucking king and shit, like crazy by the time he came to LA. It's, you know, so was Dondi, so was Richie scene. They were all, and then I started, uh, I went to a boy's home cause I was in a gang and you know, we got busted. Like I was in a punk rock gang and we used to fuck up Nazis. Why that's a crime. I don't know. But, uh, I was sent to the other end of the valley and I met some other writers, some older writers and um, like Mario Davila, who used to write Sky, the original Sky and Jack, who later became Joker and then later became Dante. Um, I met those dudes and I got in a crew called MGA, which is lame, Master Graffiti Artists. Like we were toys, like unbelievable, and we called ourselves Master Graffiti Artists. <laughs> and it was like me and this kid named Candyman, who was like this big old Cholo Chicano from uh, Canoga Park. All we did was like the whole turtleneck, ski glass, beanie, fat shoelace characters that were all skinny and like look stupid. And the Danny Boy from House of Pain. He was he was one of the early MGA writers too. But that was like how that was my start. None of that even really counted as much as like I learned bus routes from them in LA. We had we we didn't have trains, so we had real writers like tagged buses, and we learned all the routes and figured out ways to get on the bus for free and tagged everywhere. And while we're tagging, we're looking out the window and we see like little pieces, and then we go back, like get off the bus, run back, see what the piece was, and get back on them because we had nothing better to do. And then Jack took me to belmont it was over by then belmont tunnel killed it yeah that was the mecca yeah and that's where i started meeting other writers and um the crew that i was with we didn't have a name but it was mostly me and relic and repo and stuff but we started hanging out with duster when he came to la from ua and duster was probably my main mentor because he taught us how to paint freeways he taught us about fat caps he taught us about the difference between rustos and krylon that we didn't understand you know so duster was like our main thing and then he put all three of us in ua and my brother odie and then um all of us basically got an stn which is second to none which originally was called the six and 86. There were six original members. So by 87, by 87, I was a member. That was, uh, that was when you earned your chops in, in 87 to be in. Yeah, I would say 86 to now was cause you're still learning your chops. Like every once in a while I have to prove myself to a bunch of toys. And when I say toys, I mean, guys that just started writing, I mean, their stuff may be whatever, but they have it easy. They got like special tips, special fucking pressures on their cans a million colors fuck you can buy outlines on fucking uh amazon oh my god there's literally fucking pay them and they'll send you a black book with your name outlined in different styles fucking week oh man now i i saw people doing pieces with with an ipad and they were trying to emulate what they fucking stole off of some program or put it on the wall, but they can't do it because they can only fucking press like go or whatever they do on their iPad because they're fucking toys. Like an iPad's made for porn and that's it. <laughs> if you use an iPad for graffiti, you're a fucking pussy. If you use an 
app for graffiti. You're a fucking pussy. Pity. You're going to hurt some feelings after this one, man. Fuck, fuck them. Go over me and I'll go over you. Fuck you. Bring it to the wall if you got problems. I was noticing um, that you were bringing it to another level, especially if anybody can find any of that footage. Um, I'm sure if, if they really want to search it, they'll find it. And uh, when you were in the panic zone, you were explaining to me how you were coming up with those fades that you did with the white. Well, you know, it was called the panic zone because there was a live train line right there. And the wall that I did that piece on is literally five feet from the train. So when that thing comes around the corner, you have like less than 10 seconds to fucking move your shit. And you got to stand I, at the end of that movie. There's a scene where I, you see me standing against the wall and I'm doing this with the train. You can see how close the train is to me. And we call it the panic. So one time fucking repo uh, left his ladder across the tracks and, you know, he had to run and get that off that shit would have derailed we would have all been dead yeah. and it was why we we're filming so it was it was nuts it's, so that was called the panic zone and and it was it was known for being an east la gang spot because it was right by the 10 freeway and and east la occupational center and um cash from our crew prime and Skep used to fucking paint there all the time so they it kind of turned into like the first k2s stn yard that wasn't Belmont. And, you know, when we went there, it was just, you just had to burn because it was just like this masterpiece gallery. So one time I was, uh, cause of Duster, like I said, back in the day, he taught me how to paint freeways and shit. Cause you don't understand when you go up there and do your piece, when somebody's going by 60 miles an hour, they see a scribble. So you have to space out your fucking letters and, and do a lot of, the height and stuff it's literally you have to use algebra it's weird you never thought you would use it but you use algebra and you figure it out because you use the bricks to figure out how many bricks each letter should be and then when you go by on the freeway you see scribble scribble baba mm. so you know duster taught me that he taught me that it's the same same formula with trains too when you see trains going by you'll see a scribble scribble and then you'll see somebody does this like dope spaced out even if it's wild style, you can still read it because it's spaced out right to go 60 miles an hour. Yeah. So one time I was up there, and um, what I mean by up there is L.A. freeways are lower, and then there's a there's an embankment of dirt and then a wall. So you don't have like two, three feet before you can slip. And one time I slipped while I was tagging, and the tip turned, and I slid down like that. And I found out I could get this like really cool fade by just tilting the can, but I found out by accident. So um, in that piece, I did an inner white outline on every part. And then I put that fade going through the whole thing. So it was cool. People liked it. It, w- it was dope for like 10 minutes till everybody bit it. <laughs> and then other people improved, but that's how things happen. Somebody comes up with an idea and then somebody else makes it better and shit like that. It was cool. Yeah. No, that was <sighs> a, I I have noticed that people do that stuff, but um I was trying to look at like at the time that you did that, I didn't think that I saw many pieces that had that approach or that kind of technique. I I, I was playing for the first time, I was experimenting and I uh 
if you if you watch the movie, you'll hear me say that the whole K2S STN crew was there that day. So I had to do my best. So I pulled that thing out. I was like, I'm going to try this. And it was cool because it worked because everybody gave me props. It was it was dope. And actually, I think you're the first person to give me props since that fucking day. Because <laughs> it was like, it happened. It was over. Everybody forgot about it. Man. But yeah. I try to be a nerd. I'm a nerd about that shit. And uh, that's why, like, even when you recommend certain things to, like, hey, yeah, did you see this? I made sure I found everything. I'm like, dog, I got to do my homework, you know, if I'm speaking to Baba and shit. Um, yeah, that, you, that's cool. your your did name you, your name holds you, a lot of weight, you know what I'm saying? Did you enjoy what you found? No, it was sick. Yeah, it, it's really good because um, I only thought that uh, I ain't trying to disrespect anybody. I only knew about one PJ, and then when I saw the other PJ – and I saw what you were speaking about and what he was speaking about. He he really knew what he was talking about when it came to graph. Oh, yeah. No, PJ, PJ, a lot of people don't know. Like, you know, he's he's passed now. He's dead. Um, he got into tattooing. He worked for me for a little bit. He was heavily into the Hawaiian style tattooing. He looked into his heritage, found out he was part Polynesian. So he got into that. He never really said which part, but... Somewhere in his lineage, he had it. But back in the day, he was just like a black punk rocker. Like, that was his thing. He was from a gang called Winos, which was like a, a set off of black punk rockers and skaters and shit like this. And, you know, PJ brought it. PJ had like some style. PJ did a lot of shit. He was the first person I ever saw to do a pastel yellow outline on a baby blue piece. And I was like, fuck. I never oh. thought of that. Pastel sucked <laughs> it sucked it was and he rocked that fucking outline and we were like fuck because pj's like an og west coast guy that's about as nice as i'm gonna get with that crew <laughs> pj's yeah. cool now there was a bunch of other people too but they're a bunch of fools <laughs> i call them wet toast we've been calling those dudes wet toast since 86 <laughs> Yeah, you were saying that uh so he was using like a color combination that you wouldn't have thought of. That would be because of the color select color selection at that time. You would say that Yeah, uh, the colors Yeah. You only knew what you knew and you thought outlines always had to be dark. You you know, you used a black outline or used true blue outline or used banner red cuz cherry red sucked. So you basically stuck to those 3. Mm-hmm. And then um if you got risky, like risky as in trying something, not as in the full, um, use like clover green, which was a cool, it was also known as safety green and rusto. But pastel yellow, like nobody even thought of that shit but fucking PJ. And it was kind of cool. I was really impressed. It, it was like the first time I saw anybody use like light shit. Everybody was trying to rock hard. And PJ went up with baby blue and pastel aqua and pastel yellow and white. And you're just like, the fuck yeah and it burned it there because everything else was dark and then it's like an easter egg in the middle of all this darkness okay yeah that makes sense because it's pastel hell yeah it was genius that's that's the thing about writing back then is all you had to do is one little tiny fucking thing and you were a fucking genius because you invented that and it was new and it was exciting and it didn't even matter that he was from a rival crew because it was dope when it's dope, it's dope. 
I try to tell people to uh, stay objective that way in, instead of like subjective. I I have friends that'll tell me, oh, such and such is the freeway. I'm like, is it dope? And they're like, ah, it's cool. I'm like, yeah, but if it was us, would it be dope? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be cool. Like, see, you're not looking at it objectively. Like, I don't care what crew or the politics it's from. If it's dope, dog, then it's dope. You know what I'm saying? But the key there was they still told you. So it was dope enough for them to even bring it up. See, so even bad publicity is good publicity. If people are talking about you, whether it's bad or good, they're still talking about you. You're still up in their mouth. So it's kind of cool. Controversy equals cash. It's just the fact that some other crew got your, your homie's attention was that worked. And it was a good point you're making. If it was our crew, would it be dope? And they were like, yeah. It was dope enough to re- to bring up. That's cool. Yeah. You know, like, um, I, I want to see people up, even if it's somebody I don't like. I'd rather see. I, I care about seeing people getting up and the culture doing really good. Um, even if it's a hater, I'd rather see them up than a blank wall. You know, that's, oh, yeah. that's how it is. Yeah. I love looking at my haters. Sometimes I get excited for the shit they do. I'm like, ah, oh, all right. You're a shit talking motherfucker, but you just rock that fucking spot. That's cool. Yeah. I give them more props if they talk shit and they actually earn it. Agree. That's good. No, definitely. Yeah, there's some kids that they're just, they slay shit for like two months and then they just disappear. I think they get busted or some shit. It's the, um, like during COVID, COVID they were slaying LA. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's the instant gratification. I don't know if you can expound upon uh, upon that because, um, you know, you wouldn't get feedback sometimes. Sometimes you wouldn't get feedback for like two months, and you run into some head, and they'll be like, "Yo, that one that 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 one piece that you did, that blue one, that shit was that shit was fire," you know. And these yeah. days, they expect to get feedback five minutes later, you know, on oh, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Oh yeah. Likes. Let's see, Jason revoke. He went and put all sorts of shit on Twitter. He went to Australia, put all sorts of shit on Twitter. The 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 piece, the the contest, whatever the fucking thing he was doing was canceled. So he used their paint and he bombed Australia and put it all on Twitter and then got arrested at the fucking airport because the cops are following him online. Mm-hmm. So don't put everything on fucking line. But anytime I put something online, I'm like Look at this asshole that stole my name and tagged on the spot. Well, fucking, what lame steals somebody else's name? You know what I mean? I just put it up like that, and people laugh. I actually had people like, damn, somebody stole your shit? That sucks. You're the OG. I was like, it's me, stupid. I just didn't want to post it. No, that's smart. That's yeah, a good can't... approach. That's a really good approach. Yeah, because you know, any Vandal Squad... Any Vandal Squad, whatever fucking city you're in, whatever state, whatever country, the Vandal Squad was all toys that got made fun of, that became fucking cop, that know what to look for. They're all fucking toys. They're all rats. They're all toys. And it was kids that used to slap around and take their paint or their markers. Those motherfuckers became the Vandal Squad and the police. And that's how people are getting busted. Because the Vandal dudes used so be careful about where you post shit is. And I don't give a fuck if they're watching right now. Cause I just let their air out of the bag. <laughs> fuck them. They were toys in their toys now with a badge. I've heard some shit like that where, uh, 
Um, I wouldn't say that they were popular or anything, but certain certain people do know. Yeah, this officer right here used to be such and such. I've heard oh, yeah. shit like that. Yeah, I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's that motherfucker. Because nobody <laughs> thinks writer. I can stand right there and watch everything go down. And people think I'm a fucking spectator. <laughs> right. That's a beauty. That was also a good thing back in the eighties. Is nobody knew what each other looked like. So, like, for the longest time, people would walk up to Sleaze back in the day because Eddie was this other white kid with long blonde hair. And they'd be like, yo, Baba, I saw your piece. And when I finally met Sleaze, he goes, dude, I get so much love for people thinking I'm you. All they know is it was like a white dude on the side with blonde hair. So Sleaze got a little bit, like, it was cool. Nobody knew who was who. And when you met somebody, it was kind of exciting. Like, oh, so you're fucking Jin. You know what I mean? It was like you saw their pieces on the freeways and you saw them on the buses. And then when you finally meet them, it's really fucking exciting because there was no pictures. There was no nothing. Unless you were in their crew or their circle, you had no idea. Right. Yeah, I don't understand but, how people do that these days. Posting selfies and all yeah. that kind of shit. Did you watch the scene in that movie where Thief put a plastic bag over his head? Uh, I heard it. He said somebody said you should put a paper bag over your head or something like yeah. that. Or, yeah, yeah. And you should put a paper bag over your head, and nobody will know it's you. And he goes, "Yeah." He didn't even know they're filming that part, and they put it in. And later, he puts his bag on. It's all Thief One. <laughs> Where like <laughs> everybody was clowning. Hell yeah! No, I I, like, I heard that part. Yeah. It's so much better to pretend you're a concerned citizen. Like, look at this shit right here. Who the fuck did this weak ass tag? And it's really your tag. Mm -hmm. I, I say like, the same thing about um, when there's other writers. If somebody's writing my name or something like that, like I'm like, hey, that's cool. Uh, more more uh, misinformation out there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just gotta send them in different different fucking directions. Because mm -hmm. even though they're vandals, the vandal squad, and even though yeah, they used to be writers, they were still toys, so they don't know everything. Right. Yeah, no, um, I appreciate your man. I appreciate all the knowledge you're dropping. Um, can you can you explain uh, how you came up with uh, MSK? Uh, I've heard other side stories from other people, and they've said certain things, but it'd be nice to hear from the source. This is legit. I was in KSN. Okay, we had a we had an apartment building over on the west side in the Palms District, next to the motor yard. And I got in KSN, and being from STN on, on the east side, I hated the west side, like west coast. And KSN was uh, battling west coast all the time. Like all over Hollywood, you would see KSN west coast battles. People would go up against each other, whatever. So when I got in KSN, I was like, yeah, now I got a new crew that I can just go diss everything west coast has. So I did. I walked to the motor yard and I fucking dissed everybody's shit. Anybody. And I said, guess who's over here now? And I just wrote Baba KSN and it caused a stir. And then I went back to the East side and like a week later, I went back to the KSN house and they had like a meeting like court. And I walk in and dudes from West coast are on the couch with dudes from KSN. And then over here was rise and Finn. And, um, and Graham, because Graham was in the same game as me, and he was also chaos, and we get rid of these little. So I was like, the fuck's these fags doing here? 
like, fuck West Coast. And they're like, did you diss everything West Coast had? And I go, fuck yeah, and I'm going to do it again. They go, why would you do that? We're all friends. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean we're all friends? You, you guys battle these guys? All? They go, it's a production. We just made it seem like a battle. So I was really pissed off at KSN for a minute. And and Rise and Finn agreed with me. They were like, we don't need West Coast. We're better. Like, fuck them. We don't need to be doing this. He was right. Diss them all. And fuck this. Everybody's commenting on my shit right now. Um, so I got really pissed off at KSN and, um, I was telling Eclipse how pissed off I was. Cause he was like a little kid at the time. He was like maybe seventh or eighth grade and AWR just started. And, um, I was telling him how pissed off I was cause he was always hanging out. And I was like, I'm going to start a new crew. That's Kings. That's real Kings. Like you have to earn it. If if you and I were to meet in public and you were like, yo, so you're Baba, like fucking like let's just tag right now or let's fucking get up in my book. Like, no excuses. Just get the fuck up and prove your crown. Like, stop making excuses. Just do this shit. Take it to the next level and fuck West Coast. So that was the thing. And I dissed everything and wrote MSK, did it again, did the first MSK piece at Belmont. And um I named it after a punk rock band, Mad Society, and it was Mad Society Kings. But the secret part of it is I was mad at the Society of KSN, which was Kings Stopping Nothing. See, so that's how the name came. And I put Casey in, and I put Efren in, who was Krenz. And then um, I did a couple of pieces, and I moved to New York. And I kept in touch with Casey, and I kept in touch with KSN and all that. I never got kicked out of KSN, but it wasn't the same after I dissed West Coast. And it wasn't the same after I started MSK. Some of the good dudes from KSN did get into MSK, like Finn, you know. But um, it just wasn't the same. Like, graffiti went in a whole different world. Everybody started working for fucking companies. You know, there was con art. There was Third Rail. There was Gypsies and Thieves. There was all this early companies of hip-hop and graffiti and I moved to New York and learned how to tattoo. I was like, fuck this. I went to New York, had my first gallery show with uh, with Martin Wong, who was a big graffiti collector that's Sharp from TMC. No, VI. Sharp from VI. And um, he hooked it up. And then I made a bunch of money. And I wanted to get tattooed. And once I saw the fucking Jonathan Shaw tattoo shop, I was done. I knew that's where I want. I never thought it would get any bigger than doing a gallery show in New York. I was like, now what do I do? But I didn't know what graffiti had in store for, or what the world had in store for graffiti. Now it's like multi-billion dollar corporations and shit. Who knew? Yeah. And you I did any, it for the money. Yeah. You did, you did some uh, MSKs on the East coast after you, you moved as well. I did I did a KSN MSK at the fucking Harlem Wall of Fame. Right when I got there with Sane for Sane Smith Sane. It was like this big production, A1 and Sane and Hart and fucking Sharp and was, I think Revolts was there. It, it was kind of cool because I got to meet all these dudes that were in Subway Spray Can Art, the second volume, when they brought up the new guys. I got to meet all these dudes and I rocked this piece and it was cool. And then I went to 238, which was a, a yard under a bridge 
by a creek up in the Bronx. I did a big MSK there. I was doing some, but it was mostly like I was putting up UA because I was in a UA. I was in UA, and I had no idea how bad UA was hated at the time. Wow. They're like, you're the only person in the city. I was like, so what? I'm proud to be part of it. But it was mostly doing KSN, second and none in UA. I put up like three, four MSK pieces, and that's it. Then when I moved back to L.A., Casey brings by all these kids. They were like in the 10th grade, 11th grade. He goes, this is MSK. These are your kids. And I thought it was cool. And it was fucking GK and um, Albert and Havoc and all those guys, the original, the original fucking crew. And these kids were they were hungry. They're the ones that killed the fucking heavens. They're the ones that did all that shit. They're the ones that went to Frisco and fucking slayed a whole city. You know, the the, the first, there's a foundation of MS. I mean, the, the first couple of guys that were in MSK, and then I count that that first set of guys, Gank and, and Fate and Havoc and all, they were the foundation of MSK. Because the, they the first took generation. everything and made it real. Yeah, so they, they're. If it wasn't for those dudes, MSK would not be what it is. And Casey, Casey's like the fucking director in an orchestra. He's like this, right? Yeah. Um, how do you feel very about pissed at him? Fucking trust him. I'm very pissed at him. I feel betrayed by him, but I give him props for what he did. You know what I mean? He did his thing. He orchestrated the way MSK was, and it turned out the way he wanted it. And good for him, because the crew belongs to everybody, not just the guy that started it. Otherwise, it would just be Baba. It wouldn't be like a crew. So the crew made the crew what it is. This could be this. could be this. But it's up to the people that like what they feel about it. What yeah. were you going to say? Yeah, how do you feel about um, being a part of something like that where uh, the bar has been set really high? I liked it better before the bar was made of gold, if that makes any sense. I liked it better when when MSK was pushing boundaries and, and the second wave of MSK after GK and those guys like Sabre and, the, you know, when they were doing shit and they were slaying shit and then when when they re, when they recruited the third wave which was like revoke and and retina i liked all that because they were just they were doing shit nobody ever saw before i still don't understand what the fuck retina does but he does it well it's like a look of la it's mixed with like hieroglyphics and it's mixed with like chicano style and he does it well but then once it started getting like Letting yeah. all these people in from all over the world, yeah. What's yeah? So, huh? uh, yeah. So uh, the second wave uh, included uh, fate and all of them. Well, I consider them the first wave because there was the origins. Okay. And then the first wave was like fate and havoc, and fucking GK. Um, I'm trying to remember because people got kicked out and people got put in and. Whatever. At one point, Siva was in, and then he got kicked out, and he's back in. And you know, there was, you know, for a while there, Tumor and Tribe were in MSK, and you know, 
they did a lot of work, but for some reason they got kicked out. You know, there was this, there was this other kid who, uh, like Keen was in it. K E N E. He was really fucking good. And then you had like the younger AWR guys like bless and all them that were writing a bless and Excel and grime norm and all those guys. Yeah, it was, it got interesting. And then once it turned into a business and all this other shit, like, I don't care. You have your own fucking can. I don't care that some dude from New Jersey comes to LA and thinks he runs MSK. Like you're not LA. Uh, Casey turned it into a worldwide thing. I made it an LA thing. I guess that's the best way to describe that. Yeah, so, um, I don't want to speak out of out of place and shit. But what I had heard um, from Fate when I when I, last time I spoke with him, he had told me, uh, and this is this is kind of like uh, I'll take this part out and shit because we we can't really no, we can't really <laughs> confirm it. <laughs> me and Fate don't get right now. He's mad at me for some reason. So leave it in. It's all part of it. I heard that uh, certain heads that were from L.A. Um, were dissing people from San Francisco and using their fill-ins and kind of cleaning up their fill-ins and then putting different outlines over the fill-ins. And that's how the L.A. and San Francisco beef started. All I know is who cares why it started. The beauty of it is that it did. And that was one of my old tricks is going over fucking people's pieces and using their whole piece as my fill. And I would do an outline and a background and a 3D. And that was, to me, that was like the ultimate diss to use somebody else's shit. When I was coming up, that guy I was telling you about, Sky, um, he battled another kid named Bowser who was part of a Divine Stylers scheme team, the rap group. And he used to write the California Kid. And... um. The California kid had this one character he was all he would always put up. And um he put a piece up on the on the freeway and Mario went up there and put his character like showing his ass and putting his ass towards the piece, like kiss my ass. So then Brandon went back like two days later and did his character, but fucking Mario's character, because it was bent over. And then Mario went back and put a sheep over his character. Oh and my shit. god! So like that other shit, I was taught that back in the day, and I thought it was dope. I thought it was dope, but I turned it into doing it with pieces, not characters. And then MSK fucking picked up on it. And you know, Albert was there for that whole Frisco LA beef because he's he's one of the guys that went up there. And so Albert, whatever Albert says about that is probably a hundred percent truth. You know what I mean? Because I didn't, I wasn't there, and but I, I know that MSK went to San Francisco and turned their fucking world upside down. Like, mm -hmm. that fuck you, we're going to do these, these, they, I mean, they were doing rooftops. They were doing shit that people did in LA for fun. They were doing it as battle techniques, and they fucking set San Francisco on fire. In fact, there's a movie, I think it's called Piece by Piece or something. Yes. Have you seen that? Yes. In it, the San Francisco crews said that MSK came up here and schooled us. We had to up our game. Mm -hmm. So they even like hated us so much that they gave props. Cause you know, you're only as good as your battles. Like if you don't, if you're not battling anybody or if you don't have a nemesis or if you don't have a fucking 
person that you hate, you're only going to get this high in your world. You need to keep being pushed. And your homies are only going to push you this much. Because after a while, they're going to get tired of sucking your dick. So you have to have somebody new that just comes in and just kicks the fucking pedestal out from under you. And then boom, boom, boom. You know? It's cool to have beef. I think beef is what graffiti is about as much as getting up. Who cares if you get up everywhere? But if you get up everywhere and you cross, you're crossed out, then people talk about you more. And then the whole purpose of the scene just happened more. You got a whole new audience.